Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Step drop, goes on the end zone, hot ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Here they go again, Timbo Moe dropping the throw, Winston out and got those to the left, it's intercepted at the 35, outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10, Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay, that's the dagger my friend. This is the big nasty, yeah big nasty, all fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I am your host, as always, Red Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. Evan and his smiling face are here yet again as we are live on YouTube today talking about some Buccaneer updates, including a conversation to be had about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will attempt to get under the cap and uh, be cap compliant for the start of the new league year around March 15th. The Buccaneers right now projected $55 million over the NFL cap. So uh, not ideal, but Evan, first and foremost, how are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, obviously by my face, you can tell I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, happy to be, uh, happy to be talking about this because it's always fascinating. Um, you know, the one reminder that we have to have is no matter what the cap looks like, they have to be under it. So, um, these moves that we'll talk about today or potential moves, I should say, um, not all will happen, but some, a lot of them will just because they literally have to get under the salary cap. So. Yeah, before we dive into the cap situation for Tampa Bay, let's get you caught up on all the latest news, which includes some more hires on the offensive coaching staff. But uh, first, let's talk about offensive coordinator Dave Canales and his introductory press conference today. Just wrapped up around 1.45 p.m. And he sat there and talked to the media for a whopping 31 and a half minutes, uh, which is more than gracious with his time. But Evan, what did you take away from that? Because you said you sat there and watched the whole thing. Yeah, um, you know, a high energy guy. I think you can tell um, he he comes with with a lot of a lot of energy and a lot of excitement um, to to bring to this job. And uh, the one takeaway that I had is that yeah, like and I kind of assumed this beforehand anyway. But they're definitely going to run the ball a lot more uh, in in twenty twenty three. I'm not saying they're going to turn into you know the Tennessee Titans where it's you know sixty forty you know running, but I, I do think that you're going to see a lot more runs. I think you're going to see a lot more of an 
effort to get the ball in the running back's hands uh, early and often. And, but that doesn't mean, I mean, and Canales even said this, like if it's not working, I think they're going to be able to at least attempt to make the adjustments needed uh, if it's not working in a game. So that was an issue last year uh, with Byron Leftwich. And really, I mean, his entire time in Tampa, they, uh, if something wasn't working initially, they wouldn't really be able to adjust uh, on the fly like that. So hopefully uh, Canales and his staff can, can come in and, and help that. So, uh, I do think they are going to be running the ball a whole lot more. You know, couldn't really give any hints about quarterbacks. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he spoke highly of Trask. He mentioned a bunch of times that uh, the guys we have are the guys we have. And, uh, you know, right now, like Kyle Trask is the only quarterback on the roster. So uh, he's not really going to talk much about guys that aren't here. They're going, they're going to add quarterbacks. Obviously Kyle Trask is not going to be the only quarterback on the roster. So, um, you know, whether that's a veteran, whether that's a rookie, uh, they're going to be adding, you know, some quarterbacks here. So, but he spoke highly of Trask. Uh, wasn't really a huge surprise to me because like I said, the only guy on the roster right now. So um, I, I do think that Trask is going to be given a shot, but like today's press conference didn't like, Oh, you know, he's the quarterback one. Like that didn't, that didn't assure me of that. I still think they're going to bring in somebody else, but I also do think Trask could get a legit like shot. I, I should say like, he should have a legit chance. It's not going to be like, Oh, we signed Jacoby Brissett and Brissett's quarterback one. Like, no, it's going to be, you signed Jacoby Brissett and like, Trask is going to battle it out with him. So um, I don't think they're closing the door on Trask being their starter, but I also don't think it's a slam dunk either. Yeah, and and I think you almost prefer that situation if you are Tampa Bay as far as bringing in legitimate competition for Trask and not just having it be, you know, here's our new QB1 because you want to see what this guy's got. We, we've talked about it time and time again, you know, with the uh, with the 10 whole minutes of play we saw against Atlanta in the regular season. Outside of that, we haven't seen a whole lot that makes you think this guy could be trusted with the franchise, but some legitimate competition, a little more heat under his seat, if you will, uh, could definitely do the trick. Now, as far as Canales and what he brings to the table, you know, one of the things that I took away from it and one of the things that I am excited, you kind of touched on it already, but is that extra element of, of what can happen in the run game. Right. Um, we know Leonard Fournette may or may not be a cap casualty. We'll talk about that and break down the details a little bit later on the pod. But, you know, as of right now, Rashad White, who already received high praise from Canales, he talked about watching him play in Seattle and just the potential that this guy has, you know, and then the options that the Buccaneers have this free agent running back class. I mean, the quarterback is one thing, but I have to think if the Bucs spend any money in this free agency, the second highest paid player in their free agency which isn't going to be crazy but I still feel like they're probably going to maybe come away with one of those good running backs we just have to wait and see um but I get excited about it because from coaching staff to coaching staff for the better part of 10 years it seems like the Bucks have always been able to throw the ball right I mean for the most part we've always had offensive production whether it was uh whether it was Lovey Smith or Dirk Cutter or Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich. I mean, they've always thrown the ball well, typically always been a top 10 air attack in the NFL, but they've never had a consistent run game. And I think, you know, obviously the approach to a more balanced offense is going to start with what can happen in the run game. So uh, that's definitely what I get excited about as well. But we go through the uh, the new look offensive staff for the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2023. So obviously some of these people have been here and uh, we'll address that as we get there. But we'll start with OC Dave Canales. 
assistant head coach is still Harold Goodwin. Quarterbacks coach is now Thad Lewis, who was promoted. So uh, what do you think of that move? Yeah, you know, it's uh, interesting. Um, somebody that Bruce Arians has really, really liked. And I believe that had Byron Leftwich gotten a head coaching job, um, you know, let's say that Jacksonville job last year, let's say Byron Leftwich ended up getting that job. I think Thad Lewis would have been a legit candidate to be the offensive coordinator uh, for the Bucks. I I think they really, really liked him. And, you know, it's saying something. And, and I was actually on uh, the video with uh James, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation, about Thad Lewis. And he he mentioned a good point, said that, you know, obviously Todd Bowles and everything deemed Thad Lewis good enough to stay after, you know, after they purged most of the offensive coaching staff. I mean, a lot of the offensive coaching staff were let go. Um, Thad Lewis was deemed good enough to stay. And then also Dave Canales deemed Thad Lewis good enough to stay. It's not just Todd Bowles. So Dave Canales came in from a completely different organization. From the outside, he came in and still uh, thought that Thad Lewis was good enough to not only stay on as the staff, but also get a promotion. So um, a long time coming for a guy like him. I and mean, he's only 35 years old. So if the Bucks offense has success this year, it wouldn't surprise me if he sort of continues to, to rise in those coaching ranks. Coming over from Dallas, the new running back coach is Skip Pete. What do you know about Skip Pete? Well, he's uh, he's the brother of former NFL quarterback Rodney Pete. So, I mean, there there is that little tidbit of information. He, you know, he has a lot of experience. And I think the other assistant that we're going to talk about is the same thing. Uh, they're both from Dallas and they both have a lot of experience. Uh, Skip Pete has uh, been a running backs coach a long time in the NFL. He's coached some pretty good running backs. Uh, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and Dallas right now. Um, coach of the Bears with Matt Forte in 2013 and 2014. That was like like 2011 to like 2014 was like prime Matt Forte, basically. Um, and then obviously the Rams from 2016 and 2019, and that was pretty much the prime of Todd Gurley. So um, he's coached some really, really talented backs. And I think that his experience could really, really help a guy like, like uh, you know, the guys they have, you know, Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn, and, and Rashad White. So um, if Leonard Fournette's back, if he's not, you know, there might be a rookie in there. And I think the rookie could even benefit from uh, learning from a guy like Skip Pete. So, um, you know, a really experienced hire that I think should help. And, um, you know, it's a running backs coach. It's not going to do a ton, but like, I do think it, it could help. Yeah, we mentioned him at the tail end of last week's podcast. Wide receivers coach Brad Idzik being brought in with Dave Canales to be on his offensive staff. Tight end coach John Van Dam, offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, and uh, offensive quality control coach is actually being brought back. That's Jeff Castle. I'm not sure if he held the same position uh, last season, but I know he is coming back from Arian staff, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's one of the ones that was actually left go, let go. And then, yeah, I guess Canales won him back. So, so there you have it. And, uh, let's not forget the man himself. Tom Moore is back at, uh, what? 82 years old. Just signed another contract extension to remain in Tampa Bay. What a G crazy, crazy football lifer. That's for sure. Um, yeah, the guy's already (laughs) forgot more football than I could ever dream and no one in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, the, 
Yeah, that's the offense. Uh, on the defense, they added they had one, you know, not many. The Todd Bowles did not get rid of many d- defensive uh, assistants, but uh, Bob Sanders, the outside linebackers coach, retired, so needed to replace him, and they replaced him with George Edwards uh, from the Dallas Cowboys as well. Edwards actually interviewed for the Buccaneers' head coaching job back in 2019 before they hired Bruce Arians. So at the time, Edwards was the co-defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, and He's been a defensive coordinator for the Redskins at the time, the Redskins and the Buffalo Bills as well. So he has a lot of experience, not only being an outside linebackers coach, but being a defensive play caller. So I think that is a clear sign that this could really, really help a guy JTS. I mean, that's you're talking about a guy going into a a critical season, I think, uh, in Joe Tron Shawinka. And uh, I think a guy like George Edwards could really help his development. 100%. Now, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event, we're here to talk about the cap. And uh, for Tampa Bay, we already said it before, $55 million over the cap. They have until March 15th to be cap compliant. Um, That also doesn't account for any money that they're going to need to, uh, you know, re-sign guys like Will Golston, Levante David, potentially Jamel Dean, Bringing in a new quarterback, whether it be a franchise quarterback, a stopgap guy, someone you can kick the can down, uh, kick the can down the road with for another two, three years. All of that is yet to be figured out, but there's a lot of ways that they can get there. And it's basically going to boil down to a pretty tough combination of cuts, restructures, and maybe letting some guys walk in free agency that you wouldn't have let walk before, depending on what, you know, the position situation might be. For the quarterback, I you know, if they have a different idea in mind for quarterback a month from now when free agency is booming, then maybe they let someone walk that they wouldn't write this very minute. But uh, let's just get into this thing, man. I, I guess, you know, sooner or later, we're going to start hearing about guys that are cut, guys that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to let go to save a little bit of money. I have a list of names in front of me. If there's anyone else you can think of after I list these names, uh, feel free to let me know. But a lot of them seem obvious. They have been the same names you have heard so far throughout the offseason. We'll start it off with the big left tackle, Donovan Smith, who carries a $17.9 million cap hit this offseason. He's going to be turning 30 in a couple of months. He is coming off of, I mean, probably his worst season of his career. Um, he's been here a lot of years, and he's been bad a lot of those years, but this year was was potentially the worst and for Tampa Bay, cutting him would clear up around $10 million in cap space, if I'm not mistaken. If it's not $10 million, it's probably right under there. Um, but I think this is, you know, going to be pretty easy for a lot of people to decide on. What do you think about the Bucks potentially cutting their starting left tackle? Yeah, so it is just under $10 million, um, by per over the cap. Uh, if they cut him, they save $9.95 million. So pretty yeah, just under ten. Um, here's here's the tough thing uh, to remember with a lot of these cuts and a lot of these restructures and everything. And um, if you cut a guy, you got to replace a guy. You know, if if you cut a guy, you can't just have a. You know, it's not just like a you know an empty spot there. You, you have to replace a guy, and you're talking about a starting left tackle one of the most important positions in football. So that's why I don't know if this decision is as easy for the Buccaneers as it is for some fans. And that's why I always ask when people say, okay, cut Donovan Smith. I say, okay, what's next? You know, what's your plan then? 
at left tackle. If you give me a solid plan at left tackle that I can get along with, all right, then fine. But I just don't know if there's enough of a, because like, are you going to draft one at 19? Like, I don't know if there's going to be one available that's worthy a 19th overall pick. Like Paris Johnson's in the draft. He's probably going to go beforehand. Peter Skaronsky's in the draft. He'll probably go beforehand. Even a guy like Broderick Jones from Georgia might go before 19. So at that rate, like, I don't know like if I'm picking anybody in the first round. And then everybody says, oh, just move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. And it's just, it's not that simple. Like it's, you know, like I'm sure, I'm sure he could play it. Like I'm, I'm sure he could. I mean, but I'm like, not, I'm not saying anything one way or the other. But Luke Eddick, he does have uh, experience at right tackle. He does have experience at right tackle, and I mean that might be the right tackle if you were to do that. Um, but I just, it's just not that simple. I mean. And I guess we can do like some predictions here of, of who's going to get cut as well. Just reading just a gut feel. I do think they're going to move on from Donovan Smith. Um, I think if Brady was back, I don't think they would have. I think they probably would have kept Donovan Smith. But I think with Brady not being back, I think this allows them that opportunity. And this is not just for Donovan Smith. This is going to be for a couple other guys we talk yeah. about. So um, to, to move on from him, I don't know who the replacement's going to be. I just think that they're going to be looking at almost $10 million in cap savings and thinking, man, you know, we, we need that. So um, I, I do think that Smith is going to be, despite what fans think, I think he's going to be one of the tougher cuts for the Buccaneers to make. I think so, too. But, uh, you know, what you had just mentioned right there is what I was wanting to say as well. The presence of Tom Brady is everything regarding Donovan Smith's status on the team. And the reason, you know, I look at it this way is like that's the difference between him being on the team and not. Um, You know, if you are the Bucs and you're looking at your left tackle position, when you had a 45-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback let's face it, this last season, your left tackle was a liability. I know injuries played into account, but he was a liability. You know, now that you no longer have a 45-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback who cannot, you know, really uh, escape the pocket if it really comes down to it, um, you know, the standard for blocking is going to be much, much higher. And not to sit here and say that that standard has lowered for Tampa Bay, when you field an offensive line, but that standard has lowered, Um, you know, because you look at the position you're going to be in. um, I I hate to say that they can cut corners here, but you know, it's, it's, you know what I'm trying to explain. It's just one of those things where when you have Tom Brady there, when you're still competing for a championship, not only is stability important, you know, Donovan Smith was there all three years of the Brady campaign. He, isn't a guy that missed a lot of games for Tampa Bay, but even when you have the best and you're still a liability, when you don't have the best, I have to imagine it's going to be easy to maybe move on from that, right? Yeah, and you know, I think the Buccaneers could be looking at this as more of a let's get the cap right for this year. And right. then next year, next year you'll have a boatload of cap space to spend. That's... Um, yeah, I, I I think this is one of the moves where it, it, that could be leading towards that. And, and we're going to talk about it more, obviously, later. But that's another thing to consider, too, as we sit here and we talk about uh, extensions and restructures in particular, is that the Bucks still have the option to put void years on a lot of yes. these guys. But you have to ask yourself again, you know, is it going to be worth kicking more money down the road? 
especially because if the Bucks just take their lumps this year, as far as 2024 goes, they're going to be set up in much better uh, position. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But the next lame, uh, the next name on the list, Jesus, with all due respect, is our boy, the Iceman, Ryan Suckup. Uh, Suckup carries a four million dollar cap hit and would save the Bucks three point two five million if cut. They would take on seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in dead money. I, I said that I was going to get a Ryan Suckup jersey at the end of the season. I probably still am one of the greatest number threes in the history yeah. of the franchise, maybe the greatest number three in the history of the franchise. Um, is is you know, but, he better? Is he better than Matt Bryant? Ooh. That, mm. Well, I'll tell you the difference between him and Matt Bryant. Uh, is that Ryan running. Suckup isn't going to trot out there and hit a 62-yarder <laughs> well, against the Philadelphia also, Eagles at home. He can barely hit a 52-yarder. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's really the issue that I was trying to get to here about Ryan Suckup. For Tampa Bay... Uh, you know, for really any kicker in the NFL, you just need range. And as much as we love Ryan Suckup, uh, when you are an offense that averages 30 points per game and nine times out of 10, you're going to finish the drive in the red zone. It's a little bit easier to yes. have a kicker who is much more consistent in short yardage situations. But when the Bucks don't have a high powered offense and you have to lean on that kicker a little bit more for points where you can spare them, Unfortunately, the Bucs just could not do that with our boy Suck this year. You know, 50-plus yards is tough. And uh, there's a lot of guys in the NFL who are younger and are making 50-plus yarders that look like they could be good from 75. You know, so I think the Bucs know that they probably want to get not only a little bit younger, but just get a little more leg. You know, bring in some youth and uh, bring in some range because that's what they have been lacking in this kicking game, especially in 2022. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, they brought in Matt Gay because they wanted range, and Matt Gay wasn't consistent enough, like, inside of 40 yards. And now, you know, they're going to want another guy with a range. And, um, yeah, this is – I mean, we're going to talk about one other name on here, I'm pretty sure, that I'm very confident is going to be released. But I think Ryan Suckup is one of those two names that I am very confident he's not going to be on the team. Um, he's 37. You know, like it's a great career, man. But like, yeah, you you can't trust him anything over. Like, I would even say anything over like forty five. Like, you just you can't go out there and have complete faith in him. And when you lose that, that's that's tough. And the amount of money he's getting paid and the situation that they're in with the cap, it just it makes too much sense. So, um, yeah, you can find you can sign a free agent. You can find an undrafted rookie. You can draft one in the seventh round. There are tons of ways to find. A productive kicker for much cheaper and I, I think that's what they're going to end up doing you know there's a guy kicking in the xfl right now who uh i think could potentially help the bucks out and believe it or not he was in the red and pewter at one point am Murray playing the xfl now no you don't know you don't know who else i'm referring to <laughs> yes i do yeah. yes Jose I do. Borgales, the one that got away if you will uh, Suckup won that job fair and square, you know, yes. as, as much as we hate it and as much as we could sit here and talk about, oh, the leg that got away, um, Suckup definitely won that job. It's just unfortunate that not necessarily that the offense let him down, um, you know, cause he, he certainly left a lot more points out on the board, but I, I mean, you knew what you had with Ryan Suckup and, and that's what it was. He was the veteran kicker and he won it before we move on. Shout out. To everybody hanging out with us here in the live chat, Buck Skull Gang says, we need a real kicker. Don't ever draft another kicker in the second round. 
good thinking there. I don't think Jason Light's going to go that route this Yeah, year. I don't expect that. <laughs> yeah, already got some heat for that decision before. The moderators, Adam Davies and Willie Beeman, holding it down. Thank you, fellas, for hanging out with us. Evan Bush in here as well. Shout out to you guys. Chris Cole, thanks for hanging with us. On to this Wednesday afternoon. All right, back to potential cuts for Tampa Bay. This one is interesting. We mentioned it already at the top of the show, but we'll dive deeper now. Running back Leonard Fournette. Uh, playoff Lenny is due to make $8.47 million from Tampa Bay this offseason, with $2 million guaranteed if he is on the roster on the third day of the new league year. Cutting him would save the Bucks $3.47 million, but would also include $5 million in dead money. When you look at what Leonard Fournette brought to the table in 2022, he only averaged 3.5 yards per carry. At no point this season did he look like the same player who was able of uh, who was capable of taking over games like he did in that playoff run in 2020, like he did in Indianapolis against the Colts in 2021 and a couple of other games as well. He, he never was that guy. Plus, uh, you know, he had his fair share of criticism at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the season, coming into camp a little bit heavy, having to hear about the weight loss thing. Um you know, safe to say Leonard Fournette was not the player the Bucks were hoping to pay seven and a half million dollars this year. And uh, he is now potentially a cap casualty. What do you think of the likelihood of this one here? This is the one this is the one that I think is impacted most by Tom Brady. Uh, I have done a complete 180 on what I think happens with Leonard Fournette. Uh, I do believe they're going to be cutting Leonard Fournette. I just I think if Brady was back, I think Fournette was back. Brady's not back. I don't think Fournette's going to be here. I just, I just think, I mean, Rashad White was much better than him at times. Uh, Fournette was dealing with some injuries, of course, but it just he lacked so much burst. Like the the burst is just gone, and like eventually, like I know, like he's not an old guy. I mean, he's twenty eight years old. Like it's not like he's a, you know thirty five year old veteran, but like you know, running backs have a short shelf life and like Fournette's taking a lot of hits. And I think those hits might be catching up to him. So like, I still think he has a place in the NFL. I just don't think it's for the money that he's going to be owed. And I just think that the Bucks they need to get faster on offense. And I mean, that's at the wide receiver position. That's at tight end. That's, you know, at, at running back too. I just think they need to get faster. And um, I think getting rid of Fournette and getting a sort of a, a faster back in here with a bit more juice, a bit more pop, is um is, is definitely something they're going to be looking to do. So I do think that Fournette won't be a part of the team. Um, and I also, you know, you talk about the dead money this year, and yeah, that sucks. You know, you're saving you're saving less than you're actually you know paying a dead cap. But that's something where next year really helps your books. So because you have that contract off the books this year, you eat most of it next most of the dead cap this year then next year you don't have to eat as much. So it can really free up a lot. So uh, I, I think that Rashad White is going to be their you know main guy. And I, I do expect them to add uh, multiple running backs probably because I don't expect Gio Bernard back either. He's a free agent. So, but yeah, I, I would suspect that, especially now that Brady's not back, I would really expect Leonard Fournette to be cut. Now, as far as free agent running backs go, um, you know, there's a couple of guys, obviously, that are going to be priced out for Tampa Bay. You just paid Leonard Fournette, which you did. You're probably not going to want to sign a fat contract. You're, to, yeah, Saquon to, Barkley's not coming to Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, that's not really what I was getting at. A guy like Saquon Barkley is going to be maybe out of their league. But, 
you know, would uh, would a Tony Pollard be too expensive? Yes. I, I mean, yeah, he's he's one of the other top tier uh, free agent running backs. But are there any guys on that list that you think could be potential candidates for Tampa Bay, uh, given the price is right? Because not everyone on that list is going to get what they think they're worth at the end of the day. Yeah, I mentioned one last week. Um, you know, uh, have a, have a second Rashad, Rashad Penny. Um, you know, I, I think Rashad Penny makes a lot of sense with um, Dave Canales here. Obviously, he has a lot of familiarity with him, so um, I think Rashad Penny makes a ton of sense. He's not going to cost a ton. He had he has had injury issues really his entire career. Twenty seven years old though, but. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Rashad Penny's a guy on their radar. Um, as far as other running backs, I mean, there's a couple of them. I think Jeff Wilson is free agent. He was in Miami last year. Um, he would be. I don't really think they're going to be going after a a big time. You know, even like the salary that Fournette got. Like I I think it's going to be somebody cheaper than that even. So um, I wouldn't expect a a big time move. But I do think they could sign a veteran and then draft a running back in the later rounds. So. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see uh, the running back class. I mean, it's a lot, it's really top heavy uh, in for the free agent class. It's Barkley, it's Pollard, it's, you know, Josh Jacobs is there. Miles Sanders is there. I don't really think the Bucks are going to be involved in any of that. Um, but I mean, like I said, you got, um, you know, you got Penny, you have Wilson, you got uh, Dearness Johnson from Cleveland, who I like. Um, you know, and then, I mean, like even a guy like David Montgomery, I think is probably going to be out of the price range. Um, but I mean, maybe like a, a Marlon Mack is, is out there. I know what we've talked about him a lot on the show or like every off season, it seems like we talk about Marlon Mack. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's options and I just, yeah, I think Fournette's going to be replaced by one of those cheaper options. And, uh, as the bucks, I mean, they had the league's worst rushing attack last year. So got to get better in that area. Yeah, 100%. I, I do agree. I think Fournette will probably end up being a cap casualty. And, um, you know, it is what it is. got to breathe new life into this offense. And that starts with getting rid of the guy who only averaged 3.5 yards per carry after you gave him the bag. I mean, he, he, he ran the ball like he had a big bag strapped with money to his leg. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those big cartoon sacks with the dollar sign on it. Like mm. if you would have tied one of those to the back of his leg. And it was an extra 80 pounds. That's that's what he ran the ball like this year. Um, all right. Enough Leonard Fournette slander. Let's move on to the final cut candidate that I have on the list. If there's anyone else you can think of, definitely let me know. Um, this is a longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Shouldn't come as a surprise to a lot of people because folks were saying it in the middle of the season for some reason. Uh, but Cameron Bright, longtime Buccaneers tight end Cameron Bright, could also be a cut candidate or he could just retire um, his cut number is $4.96 million. Sorry, his cap number this year is 4.96. Cutting him would save $2 million, but there would also be $2.96 million in dead money. Now, the thing with Cam Brady to consider, not only one is the lack of production that has seemingly got more and more lacking as the years have gone by. Um, you know, we kind of thought that when Tom Brady came here all the way back in 2020, that Cam Brate was going to be a guy that really felt the effects of that. And while he did have his moments, um, you know, he never really was like, I never really thought he was the same guy as, you know, the touchdown machine that we saw with Jameis back in the day, right? Like, you remember when everybody fell in love with Cam Brate the first time? He was a monster. And then, uh, 
you know, on top of the lack of production this year, he he missed six games down the stretch with a pretty scary injury. I mean, they put him on a stretcher and they took him off. It was probably yeah. the most serious injury I think he's had in his career. Maybe he's missed more time at one time or another. But, you know, six games at the age that he is playing a very physical position. He's been on this roster for a long time. I don't think Cam Brate's a buck in uh, 2023. What do you think? Yeah, he's he's the other one. Um, him and Ryan Sucker are the two that I'm pretty confident they're not going to be here. So, um, yeah, it's it's a. Sh- I mean, he's never been the most athletic guy, and as you get older, you're going to get less athletic anyway. So, like, he just he doesn't offer you much anymore. And for that cap number, it's just it's not worth it. Um, he's a great guy, of course. Is always going to be, you know, you know, remembered. You know, is is in a positive light as, as a buccaneer um but i just yeah don't don't see him returning he's had to take pay cuts over the past few years to to come back and at this point with kdot in there and like i said i think they want to get faster at all positions on the offense and i think that includes tight end as well so i just think that right now what break gives you is just not enough Yeah, so now we potentially look at restructures for Tampa Bay, some options, obviously, to keep open with some of the players, whether they're on the final year of their contract or just bringing in a little too much money and, uh, you know, have some moving around to do. The following information is courtesy of ESPN.com. No way. Well, let's really quick. Go ahead. I wanted to talk about one more potential cut. Okay. Uh, Before we move on, I think this is going to be the most polarizing one, Uh, and that's Russell Gage. Um, because they can save money if they cut Russell Gage. Now, it is not a ton. It is, I believe, a little over $2 million. Yeah, it's about $2.8. So um, about $2.8 million. And this is where the if you cut the player, you have to replace the player really hurts because if you cut Russell Gage, you have to find a wide receiver three that is equally as good or better probably than Russell Gage. And uh, this free agent class of wide receiver, not good. And this draft class is weaker than it has been in past years. I know everybody, you know, the past three or four seasons, all of, you know, all you hear is, oh, my God, the wide receiver class so deep, so deep. This year, it's not as deep. Um, it's just it's not as good. So uh, that's going to be tough. And I could see them making that decision. I just think in this rate, they're going to hold on to him. But I, I wanted to note him because I do think that they could very well consider uh, cutting a guy like that. And that could be some of them tough decisions that they're going to have to make because it's going to happen. Like it just, it's, it's going to have to happen. So um, it wouldn't shock me if Gage was released, but I personally, if I had to bet, I would say probably not. You know, I, I think another, another point of view for the bucks on Russell Gage is like, you know, are you basically have to bet on his upside being over or under that two and a half million dollars that you're going to save, right? Like you already have them under contract for the next two seasons. Do you want to go ahead and eat the money right. this year to have a service? Just, just for a very small cap savings. It's not like it's $10 million. Right. Is it going to be more of a headache to try and replace that guy? And obviously what makes that decision much harder. Uh, I know the lack of production is something a lot of people are going to talk about, but beyond that, it was just the injuries this year. I thought mm-hmm. really held Russell Cage back. You know, he had a stretch of games, in the final few weeks where, where he was much more of an impact player, uh, you know, had a touchdown, I believe the last week of the season against Atlanta had that pretty much game clinching catch, uh, against Arizona to put that game on ice. I mean, there were a lot of times where he stepped up, 
and he was injured doing it. Uh, both of those moments I just talked about, he came down and was like hurting on the ground afterwards. So it's it's hard to hold this last season against him. But in my personal opinion, I like the idea of Russell Gage coming back because, again, it's just another check off of the list. As far as what you're going to need for this offense, you know, as you go in here and you retool, you reload, whatever we're going to call it, you're going to bring uh, you're going to be bringing in new faces and, uh, you know, keeping a guy like Russell Gage around. I want to bet on his uh, on his potential. You know, what and, I mean, he's a young guy still. And um, I just I, I think if he's healthy, we'll see a lot more from him. And let's not forget, they also have Rashad Perryman, mm-hmm. Scotty Miller, and Julio Jones, all this free agents. So if you're getting rid of Russell Gage, that means that your wide receivers under contract are Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Devin Tompkins, and Kalen Geiger, I believe, are your four. So that's it's not going to cut it. So, um, But if the Buccaneers were to do all five of those moves, like we mentioned, that would eliminate about $21.3 million. So shed about 21.3 would still mean they're about $33.7 million over the salary cap. So what does that mean? That means restructures are coming. So let's talk about restructures before we talk about potential free agents uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the following information is courtesy of ESPN.com. They did a really good job of breaking down how the cap is going to be changing between 2023 and 2024 and what that could potentially mean for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So while the salary cap for the upcoming season rises to $224.8 million, which is up from $208.2 million in 2022 and a new record high, it is expected to rise significantly in 2024 thanks to the league's $100 billion media deals taking effect in 2023. For comparison, the cap decreased from $198.2 million in 2020 to $182.5 million in 2021. So the first guy that's up for a potential restructure after signing a new deal last offseason, wide receiver Chris Godwin is set to count $23.75 million towards the cap, but a restructure could give them up to $14.19 million in cap space, obviously depending on how they want to move that out as well. An example of this is Mike Evans saving the Bucks $10.3 million last year from what would have been a $20.62 million cap hit by converting some of his base salary to a bonus. An extension would also make sense, as would an extension for Mike Evans, who is entering the final year of his current deal and set to count $23.7 million against the cap this year. So at this rate, a restructure for Mike Evans almost seems like a sure thing or just an extension of some sort. Something with Mike Evans' contract, in my opinion, seems 99% like sure it's going to happen. And it's not going to be a trade. And it's not going to be a trade. Actually, Evan, let me toss this over to you, man, just to just to give some information to the people. Why... In five minutes or less, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not going to be trading Chris Godwin or Mike Evans this offseason? Well, I, I can tell you, you know, really quick. Um, in Mike Evans' case, one, he's one of the best players in franchise history. Um, he's a he's an he's an icon, and he's beloved in that organization. Like he is, he is beloved in that organization. And just from the money aspect, they are fifty five million dollars over the salary cap. If they trade Mike Evans pre June first. So that's right around the you know, free agency and stuff. They save $2.3 million, but they also have a $21.3 million dead cap charge. 
So what's the point in trading Mike Evans at that point? And then will they say, oh, well, you know, if you trade him post June one, you don't have as big of a dead cap and you save 14 and a half million dollars post June 1st. What, why would you need that cap space post June 1st? Who are you going to be signing in June or July? That's going to cost you that much. So it doesn't make any sense this year to to trade, uh, you know, Mike Evans. Um, as for for Chris Godwin, I mean, you know, he just recently signed his deal, and I mean, it was only a three year deal, but his case is kind of similar. I mean, they save a bit more with Godwin; they save about eight point seven if you were to be traded, but it's a fifteen million dollar dead cap charge. So it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to trade either one of those guys. And they're also like you've said it before. We'll say it again. They're not tanking, like they they aren't tanking. So, like if you're trading a Mike Evans or a Chris Godwin, that is a tank. Like you are trying to, you're not trying to seriously compete then. And I just I can't see that happening with either guy. So that's why neither one of those guys is going to get moved. As speaking of money, uh, we do have a two hour super chat from Mister Buxney. Um, he. He uh he was a no show on the last episode, so glad he was able to um you know, glad he's able to show up and show out this time. Uh, yeah, so glad you can make you. payroll this week, but <laughs> thank you, James. That'll pay for one nugget at yeah. my Wendy's. So um yeah, so that's that's the reason why neither one of those guys. It just it doesn't make financial sense. It it, yeah. it really doesn't. And on top of all that, you know, the 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 departure of Tom Brady can't be talked about enough in the grand scheme of things regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise. But, you know, outside of Tom Brady, Mike Evans is your number one jersey seller now. You know, you don't have Tom Brady clogging up the sales numbers and making the Bucks look good on NFLShop.com. Yeah. Now, by default, it is Mike Evans. And if you're the Bucs, you just can't do that to the fan and, base. And, 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 no here, and here's the mind. thing. Like, and G Vegas makes a good point. So the only viable trade for Evans would be multiple picks in the day one and two range. That Yeah, that's like if you make an offer good enough, if some team is offering two first round picks for Mike Evans, okay, maybe the Bucks consider it because everybody has a price, but you ain't getting that offer. So like what you're getting offered is not going to be worth the dead cap charger. You're going to have to take, it's just, it's not worth it. Yeah. And uh, you know, we had mentioned back to the restructure conversation here. We had mentioned Mike Evans taking restructures in previous deals. Uh, and uh, last- By the way, and I don't think a restructure is likely for Mike Evans. I think an extension this season uh, is much, much more likely than just a simple restructure. Yeah. And uh, speaking of restructures, though, we talk about one that happened this time a year ago. Defensive tackle Vita Vea already restructured his contract, converting his $10.6 million salary into a signing bonus to create $7.64 million in cap space. His cap figure last season was just $4.25 million, but those figures jump up to $15.65 million in 2023, $18.7 in 2024, $19.2 in 2025, and $19.91 million in 2026, but no guaranteed money the last two years of that deal. That's a long-term contract. That's what it looks like. And as far as Vita Vea's future with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we will cross that bridge when we come to it because he is uh, he is locked down on that defensive line for the time being. But any other guys on this team you can see being a prospect for a restructure or even an extension? 
Yeah, so extension, not really. Um, extension, it's pretty much just Mike Evans, I, I think. Um, you could add another year to like a Chris Godwin's deal um, if you wanted, but like, not sure why Godwin would do that because that just that another year further away from hitting the market again. So I doubt Chris Godwin would want to be doing that. Um, as far as restructures, one that they might have that you probably would prefer not to make, but you might have to make is Ryan Jensen. Um, I mean, 32 years old, coming off a major injury. Yeah, he was able to recover, but it was one game. We don't know what type of player he's going to be next season. Um, but with the Bucks cap situation, they may not have a choice. Uh, so they may have to just bite the bullet and restructure this guy. Uh, so it would save about $8.5 million for this season. Um, another name is Carlton Davis. Would save about $6.7 million. Um, I don't believe there's any void years here. So again, I mean, you could do an extension there with him and save some money, but like, I doubt Davis wants to do that for the same reason about Godwin. Um, and then the other tough one that you may not really have a choice, like you'd prefer not to. And we actually, we talked about him a little bit before the show is Shaq Barrett um, and a restructuring of Shaq Barrett would save $9.8 million. So almost 10 million there would really help you, but, you know, Shaq Barrett's 31 coming off that major injury. What type of player are you going to be getting there? Uh, so I think Jensen and Barrett, I think if in a perfect world, I think they would probably only restructure one of them. I don't think they want to restructure both. Um, and the good thing about the restructures is yeah, it moves money to different years and it, it gives you money this year. Just like you said with the cap rising though, the Bucks salary cap space for the next two seasons after this for 2024 and 2025, they're so big that you can afford to sort of take bites out of that. You know, you can put move some of the 2023 money into that and you'd still be in fine cap shape for next season. So um, I think that's where that comes into play. And if you do them, I mean, you will be in the positive. Uh, you, you'll be in the positive. Let's say you do the Via Vea, Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, Ryan Jensen, and you do the Mike Evans extension. Um, I have them at positive $18.4 million um, under the salary cap now. So they are cap compliant. And let's not forget, you know, it's not just like, oh, cap compliant. All right, 500K, we're good. No, you need to re-sign some of your own guys. You need to add some players and you need to sign a draft class. So you will need some money to spend. Like you're not going to just go out and not spend anything. So um, they need to have more than like a million dollars in positive salary cap space. They need to have significantly more than that. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's pretty much a breakdown of what they can do as far as cuts, restructures, extensions. Um, not many other candidates here. Obviously, you know, with Tom Brady's you know, $35 million charge, that really hurts him this year, but it really, really helps him next year. So um, I think they're sort of looking at the long-term impacts of the cap wise. Yeah, let's take a look here and wrap things up with potential free agents. Obviously, we talk about, you know, re-signing their own guys, bringing back potential free agents. Guys like Levante David, who have already come out and said he wants to spend the rest of his NFL career in a Buccaneer uniform, uh, I think a guy that deserves to retire at Tampa Bay Buccaneer once it's all said and done, but he is a pending free agent. He has also said he understands the business side of things. And uh, his last his last contract with the Bucks, they signed him after the Super Bowl, and that was what, around $12 million a year, $10 million a year? 
about yeah yeah, yeah about yeah um so levante david obviously at the top of that list of potential free agents but another name on there your number two corner following this season, a guy who certainly earned it in a contract year, is Jamel Dean. And uh, listen, I'm a Levante David Homer, just like the rest of us. But you know, putting personal feelings aside, Jamel Dean almost feels like the bigger loss. I I hate to say that with all due respect to Levante David because he is the most consistent player on this defense, but. Carlton Davis has been playing well and Jamel Dean just played the best season of his career. And he looks like he has taken that step. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because, you know, you can only spend so much and you decided to pay Carlton Davis. So now you need to make a decision with Jamel Dean and that could lead to Dean not being back. It, it very well could. So um, now, for the people who are asking, we haven't really mentioned this and I don't think there are any clear cut candidates. I, I wouldn't expect the bucks to use it this off season, but uh, the franchise tag period is open and some people are wondering if the bucks couldn't just franchise tag a guy like Jamel Dean. Here's the thing with that, with the franchise tag, you can't move that money at all like that is whatever that's set at i think it might be 18 million dollars i think it's set at for the corners there that's 18 million dollars you have to have in salary cap space there is no moving around that money and making sure his 2023 cap hit is lower and and this and that yeah, no um, signing bonus no void years yeah, none of that you, you can't do none of that now what it does do and this is what they did with chris Godwin last year you can tag a player and then they're basically under your control and then you can work out a long-term deal afterwards to remove the tag. You can do that. Um, but I just, I really think they can't afford uh, any player to be playing under the franchise tag. So unfortunately I do think that Jamel Dean is going to be moving on. I just, I just don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to spend um, the type of money that he's going to be able to get on the open market. I just, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Now, uh, the other cornerback free agent, it seems like if Jamel Dean is moving on, this guy should be coming back. That's Sean Murphy Bunting. And if you had to pick between the two, I think most people would pick Jamel Dean. But SMB, uh, you think he should be back? Yeah, maybe. Doesn't have that big of a market. I think that might depend on his market. Um, I, I think that might very well depend on what his market looks like and, and how that shapes out. Uh, maybe I think I, I, and I mean, Scott Reynolds has said this and like, I, I think it too. I, I think even like Levante David, like I think the bucks are going to send most of their free agents to market. Um, I, I don't think any of them are going to be locked up beforehand. So I think especially a guy like Sean Murphy bunting, He's going to see if what the numbers are. And I wouldn't expect a long-term deal with Murphy Bunting if he were to be back one or two years probably in the $6 million, seven, at most $8 million range. I think that's more likely. Um, but I do think if Jamel Dean's not back, I think Sean Murphy Bunting's chances of coming back do improve much more. Another guy in the secondary who will be a free agent, that is Mike Edwards, the fourth-year safety for Tampa Bay. Um, Mike Edwards, you know, obviously didn't see the field very much, but whenever he was on the field, he has surely had his moments. He is a ball hawk and, uh, he has been a talent for this young Buccaneer secondary, but with Anton Winfield Jr. playing as well as he has, I think if you're the Bucks and you look at Mike Edwards in free agency, you almost look at that deal with Antoine Winfield next year on the back burner. 
And I think you have to make a, a business decision here. But what do you think happens with Mike Edwards? Is is he likely to uh, to move on as well, like Jamel Dean? You know, he's in sort of the boat of Sean Murray Bunting to me. I think Mike Edwards really depends on his market. And I'm not sure what that market looks like. Uh, I'm really not. Um, he was much better in 2021 than he was in 2022. And I just, I could see them bringing him back. Um, again, I think it'd be a deal very similar to Murray Bunting's one, two years, six, seven you know, million dollars a year. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's back. I, I really wouldn't, especially since uh, uh, Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal are both free agents. So uh, there might be a need at safety there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Edwards is back. I think Todd Bowles really likes him. I just think with Murphy Bunting and Mike Edwards, it's going to depend on the price. Two more names here, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. First and foremost, another long-time Tampa and, Bay And Buccaneer. also, we'll, we'll do a full podcast talking about pretty much all the free agents the Bucks have before free agency hit, so don't worry about that. Yeah, 100%. Um, but a big defensive lineman here, a guy who saw a second wind in his career once Todd Bowles came to town and changed up that scheme. That is big Will Golston, a free agent for Tampa Bay, been on the roster since 2012. What do you think? Cap casualty or uh, does he retire a buck? I, I I personally wouldn't bring him back, and I don't think he's going to be back. I just think they want to get younger, more explosive. Um, you're talking about Will Golson, the guy who I believe had four and a half sacks in 2021, had zero this year. Um, it started, I think, just wear down. Uh, yeah. was never the most like athletic guy. And I think it's just as age is getting to him, the pass rush ability is starting to go away. And I think they really need uh, more pass rush ability from their interior. So I think they're going to look to get younger there. I agree. I, I think in a lot of these positions, uh, the defensive line being one of them outside linebacker, even in the middle, you're just going to want to get younger. You know, Akeem Hicks, he was a temporary solution, but he really wasn't a game changer at any time this season for Tampa Bay. You're not going to have the resources to go out and get in Akeem Hicks anymore, so you have to look inward. And uh, the last name on this list talks about getting younger along the defensive line. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Anthony Nelson, the guy who was drafted to basically be a replacement for Carl Nassib, and uh, he definitely has played much better over the years. I think... 2022 probably his best season so far a couple of game changing plays uh for big nelly this season and and he's making some progress but is it enough progress for the buccaneers to uh to stay committed to the process and keep him around next year yeah that one's tough and i I think that could be a money situation um anthony nelson and carl nassim were pretty similar and they're both free agents so I, I don't think both will be back. I think if any of them are back, I think it's one of the two. Um, and honestly, I think NASA might be cheaper. So if Nelson gets a payday from somebody, a five, six, seven million dollar deal, you know, like what do you prioritize? Do you do you prioritize having Sean Murphy Bunting and Carl NASA back? Or do you prioritize having Anthony Nelson and a, a cheaper corner back, maybe? So I, I don't know. I I my gut tells me Anthony Nelson's going to be moving on. I think they're going to try and re-sign Carl Nassib. 
Um, but I think Anthony Nelson had a really nice year. And I think somebody, I think he's going to get a surprise contract. I, I think it's going to be a two or three year deal. Um, similar to the contract that Carl Nassib actually got from the Raiders uh, in 2020 that the Bucks couldn't afford. I think it will be pretty similar. It's, I think it's going to be in that seven, eight, nine million dollar range. And that's just that's a bit too much for the Bucks to pay for a third edge rusher. Here's something to think about as we wrap things up, courtesy of our buddy G Vegas, the moderator in chat. He says this about half the league is over the cap right now. So a lot of players will get released and will have to accept cheap deals. Uh, example, the Tennessee Titans just cut Taylor Lewan and Robert Woods. Expect other teams to start doing the same. And obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers included in that as well. We will keep you guys updated on any and all Buccaneer news as it happens. But that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us live on YouTube today. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. I know we talked about one of your stories last week that you had in the hopper. Maybe we'll do a podcast about that topic if you know what I'm referring to. Mm. But uh, do you have anything else in the hopper coming up this week? for Buccaneer fans. Well, honestly, um, it's going to be pretty similar. To, I'm just going to be, oh, what I did last year, um, I ranked the free agent priorities for the Bucks, and I'm going to do that again this year. So I'm going to be looking at probably the top five uh, pending UFAs that they have and uh, what their priority should be um, in trying to resign those players. So be on the lookout for that sometime this week or maybe next week. Keep an eye out for that and follow me on social media, Facebook or uh, no, not Facebook. Instagram you could (laughs) yeah yeah I guess uh Instagram and Twitter at Redicus R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S if you follow me I will follow you back but that's the show folks we'll talk to you in the next one I'm your host Rhett Matthews signing off my co-host Evan Wanish thank you again for hanging out with us live until the next one thanks for listening and go Bucks thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.